This is episode 20 of the Think Data podcast in partnership with DataWorks. And today I'm really excited to welcome Rajesh Kandaswamy to the show. Rajesh spent 10 years at Gartner, where he was their chief of research and fellow. He is now in the process of launching his own AI product and is also an advisor to a handful of companies that are looking to realize the full potential of AI and generative AI. Welcome to the show today. And I really appreciate you taking time out of what is probably your pretty busy schedule. And I was really interested to probably kick off with a bit of an introduction of yourself and that journey that led you to leave Gartner. I think obviously 10 years there working with large organizations, C-suites, to now focusing those efforts on advising, I suppose, the next round of AI companies. Alex, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I was a decadent Gartner, was wonderful. Um, you know, love the company and love the people I work with. And um, yeah, I just left. It's a, a month out. And, and the reason I left is that, you know, I've always had this urge to go and build something on my own, but never really did it. Um, and I felt I didn't do enough with the internet or the smartphone. So now I see this, you know, really uh, large, very big wave coming. So I wanted to do something on my own. So I took this leap. I'm in the process of building a startup with my co-founder that focuses on like, you know, using AI to manage what we eat in a much, much easier fashion. You know, we, we manage lots of things in like, you know, what mm-hmm. we consume, like, you know, how, uh, how many, uh, lead, uh, like, you know, gallons or kilometers of car drives for some gas and like energy consumed by our houses and books we read, lots of things. But we don't manage our food very well. And uh, we are building a product that uses AI to make it easier, much, much easier. And, and then meanwhile, I'm also advising companies because this AI is a different type of technology. And Man. companies need some strategic guidance and direction to get the most out of it. I'm hoping to play my part. Awesome. And I think it's, I know we kind of talked off uh, off air about the kind of uh, working for such a well-respected large um, advisor and research business in Gartner, and then obviously going to kind of that, obviously uh, becoming your own founder, that kind of uh, your own entrepreneur. But you know, on, on the side of that, you're talking about the advisory piece is obviously still very kind of core to what you'll be doing. And you talked about kind of this big wave is coming and I, we're seeing that front and center of all the discussions we're having. But a lot of companies are making big strides and big plays in AI at the moment. So I know at Garni we've been involved on some of those research projects. But what are the key factors do you think large companies should really consider because there is a lot of noise at the moment, but when they are looking to invest, what are you advising? What would you advise? Um, what I see is it's, um, uh, you know, AI is clearly as everybody's interested um, and everybody wants to do something at the same time, you know, to be able to really maximize the value from it, it's important to take a, a larger picture. What do I mean by that is, AI is just not another emerging technology. It is rather an umbrella term for a portfolio of technologies that can lead to big transformative things or also incremental things. It is really a general purpose technology, right? Mm -hmm. And it's important to have that um, uh, frame of mind as we apply this technology so that 
organizations are addressing it strategically. So the key question to ask is not just where can I apply AI, but rather strategically, how does it impact my organization? One, does it significantly alter the customer value proposition of whatever product you're selling, whether it is a banking product or whether it is healthcare across industries? How does it impact that? Are we doing anything about it? Second, how do we deliver the product, the operating model of how we do? So are we like, you know, looking at it deeply? So it's, instead of just looking at like, you know, where all can I apply AI, the question is, are we looking at a top-down strategically, where do we want to go across this and apply? That's something that uh, it is time for executives, the CEOs, CFOs, and CIOs to work together to start thinking and start working towards it. It is not a one and done, but it is important to start looking at it that way. That's one, strategically. Yep. The second thing is, a common thing that I see is people want to apply emerging technology like AI, like whether it's Gen AI or like, you know, other aspects, machine learning, different aspects of AI. But people have a lot of assumptions. People assume an in an enterprise, this is the customer. This is the product we sell. These are our systems that we work with. That's all well and good today, but look toward the future and look beyond your customer, look beyond your current products and service and to see how AI in an adjacent area can create value for you. Mm. Because your competitors, especially the new ones, are going to be completely open-minded about it. So it is important to uh, you know, look beyond our current assumptions. That's a key factor I would uh, think people should look into. Um, and then beyond that, like, you know, other, the, the third thing is, you know, while these two talk about, you know, where and how, the last one is about, are we ready? The mm. uh, common thing that we hear, you know, now it is becoming more, uh, you know, more people understand is AI is, uh, cannot be that helpful unless it is accompanied by a set of other things. One, do we have the enough data, the right data, combination of data for our models to be rich and useful? Mm. So an, an immediate tendency would be to say, you know what, uh, our data infrastructure is not good. You're going to get that all really squared away and then attack AI. Unfortunately, that's a mirage. Mm. I have heard this, uh, you know, this thing about all the time in my career in the technology industry, organizations always wanting to like, you know, really get their data ready and then go and do something else. It doesn't happen that way. It is too risky to uh, take that bet. Rather, I would urge you to look into how you can uh, think about what do you want to get at AI and what definitely are the data things that you want, but then make it incremental and work towards it. Not make it like a waterfall, I'm going to get all my data ready. Yeah. And the last thing that related to that with the getting ready is, are my people ready? Both in terms of absorbing AI, being able to think AI first in terms of applying, it's, you know, that I would recommend that. So, so those are the three things, thinking strategically, and then like, you know, also thinking about in terms of looking beyond our assumptions and are we really thinking, are we ready? It's uh, something. So to put it together, Alex, I would call it as, uh, it is time for organizations to think AI first in their industry. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I like the way you broke that down. And it's funny to talk about the people piece because I think it, people, from my understanding, would be both people from a an internal standpoint. So are they ready to fully embrace, understand, and realize the benefits of this? But equally, people to deliver that transformation, to deliver that change, because we are in this it's been well documented this we're, 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 there's a glut of talent you know there unfortunately we we don't have enough people out there to really deliver what these organizations want to do and at the pace they're looking to do it so yeah it's interesting how you break that down i think you know we talk all the time on this uh, to other people within ai we and they're trying to make sense are we are we on a hype train? Are we at the top of a curve? Are we at the bottom of a curve? In your understanding, what's your take on this? Because there are some misconceptions out there about AI adoption. And, you know, as you rightly say, one company does it, so everyone else thinks they need to do it. But what, what are your thoughts about where, where we are on that journey? Yeah, uh, broadly, uh, I think it's uh, the hype is much, much more than the reality of uh, the you know, adoption. Um, it, it is, but it, it's, that's, uh, it happens with all technologies. It's, mm. uh, it's hype is not always necessarily a bad thing in the sense that there are a lot of people who wouldn't be paying attention to emerging technologies. And if this news serves a purpose that they want to think about it so that the benefits are spread across the many rather than only in the hands of the few, that's not a bad thing. Mm. But of course, we have to be careful about wasted money because of the hype. Um, so to uh, where do we see this? It's uh, like you know where where do I see this? It's uh, this is much much more on the higher end of the spectrum and hype. So inevitably there will be uh, a fall from grace and like you know there would be yep. um, mismatched like you know uh, the uh, results which is which will come and over time you know people's assumptions will be broken. Technology might not perform as much as expected. There will be issues. But over time, things well, things do take a while, and as well, and like you know, we have never seen something like this. The, you know, so much hype in such a short period. So inevitably, there will be uh, things that go down. That does not diminish that uh, this this technology has got underlying potential that will lead to large changes over time. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that, and I suppose the we can only think back to put in recent times. Really, the kind of growth trajectory of other technologies, for example, say blockchain, for example, how would you kind of compare the two in terms of where we are on that journey? I suppose also the impact, you know, those emerging technologies can have when compared to AI. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's an important one to look into. The reason is it's, um, and a blockchain is one of the most recent parallels, right? Like, you know, in terms of um, uh, emerging technology and we have all of us, have a recency bias. Mm. And I see that when I talk to many enterprise executives who have been burned um, because of, you know, the unfulfilled promise of blockchain, now thinking, yeah, there's one more big technology that's coming. It's, it's important to treat every technology on its own merit rather than what happened in a previous, just recent technology. Mm. Um, AI is fundamentally different from blockchain and certain things. Uh, blockchain promises a lot of things, but it's very difficult for everybody to understand and see how their value proposition applies to a business. That's a struggle. It still still has that. Yeah. Um, at the, uh, at the, but whereas in AI, it's different. What we see with AI is first just a set of techniques, right, for a variety of things. And the second thing is uh, some of the, the more interesting newer elements of AI, such as, you know, Gen AI, 
you can see that it's already getting very powerful just from a handful of companies throwing a lot of data, huge amount of computing, and there is clearly like a lot of uh, human ingenuity at play, a lot of clever algorithms. But even by throwing more data, more computing, the performance is getting better. So even if like, you know, some of these variables like, you know, are get better, we are going to get more performance. So we can, we can't predict everything about the future, but we can see the trajectory that's going to continue. And that is one. So we can expect better performance in this. And second is what you see is there are the, the invest, people who are investing in it, uh, you know, the, the breadth of investment is was much wider. It comes from academia. It comes from big tech companies. It comes from startups. So it is much, much more broader. So um, we, we do see the potential for that is uh, uh, quite high compared to, you know, something like a blockchain. In blockchain, my worry was people are assuming a set of things that what it can do, which was not clearly, you know, supported by anything. So we more, I was more careful about it compared to this. In AI, what I see is not everybody has fully understood the potential of what all it can do to them and looking with a limited lens. It's the other way. Yeah, I think that's a really kind of interesting insight there because the one thing you can't get away from at the moment is the well-documented press around the cost of AI and whether that's kind of a computing standpoint or just actually trying to bring in the people, the talent, the tech to actually deliver that value. And how do you see that? looking over the next kind of six to 12 months from, uh, you know, in terms of the, the sheer amount of money these companies need. And equally, you talk about investment from from a VC standpoint, the amount of money that's been exchanged at the moment, people are concerned, are we at an overvaluation point in the market? Are we at the kind of right valuation? But obviously, the amount of money being pumped in isn't necessarily resulting in returns yet. But how, how do you think that the cost of AI will begin to change over the next 12 months? Uh, I, I, the, I think there's a lot of uh, factors that drive that into play, not only with the AI, what happens in the macroeconomic situation, if we enter into, like the economy goes south, like the interest rates change, a lot of fact, other factors affect that. So it's hard to fully say, but from a purely from uh, AI, clearly there is uh, lots of money going in. At the same time, uh, this, um, it, it, these things will take a long time to play out. For example, uh, Netscape Navigator came in 1994. I look at that as, this might be, this might be too old for many other call. Um, when Netscape Navigator came in 1994, it was a window to this entirely new, beautiful world of the internet. I see ChatGPT as something very similar to this new world of AI. Interesting. It existed before, but it opened yeah. up. While I think I remember that. I think yeah. I remember it from the, you used to get it on like a PC mag and you had your CD and you could download it and you could, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I mean, that's one of those reasons I had that similar type of uh, uh, rush of uh, like, you know, wonder that yeah. made me quit my job at Gartner actually, but that's yeah. which had not happened in a really long time, right? Like, you know, with new technology for me. Um, so then, but if you look at 1994, Facebook, one of the most powerful creations of the internet is more than 2 billion people, right? Was not even launched till 2004. Mm. It's not like, you know, it became big, was not even launched. So it took many years for innovations to come. 
So uh, it will take a long time. So to your question, in the short run, we may not necessarily see the effect of it as much. People will try to find ideas. Ideas will uh, merge with each other. They will be combined with others. And out of that, people will experiment, learn, and come over time. So in the next like, you know, 6 to 12 months, there will be um, we would see more acquisitions, we would see more consolidations, but we might not necessarily have seen all the largest companies even being born, right? There are probably people who are just starting to learn AI, uh, who are probably going to be starting companies in the next few years, and that will change and transform things. So we have ways of to go. And one of the things we saw, and um, like, you know, we were talking about blockchain, one thing I've noticed with blockchain is the, the, the entrepreneurs who were the ones who were closest to the customer and again and again and testing and see what worked and didn't work and constantly change their value proposition, even their market segment. And they are the ones who, are the, who succeeded. So it's really, as Darwin said, the, the, you know, who is the most adaptable is the one who survived. This is very consistent in blockchain. At the end of it, they didn't even, some of them did not even speak about blockchain. They just spoke about the business value to their customer. Mm. You would see that here as well. Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, I think you, um, the way you described how ChatGPT affects that window into a new world is, is, is really interesting. It also makes it easier for a lot of people to fully understand what that is ultimately. And I, you, you talked at the beginning uh, about kind of your own startup with it, with an AI and, We've seen, I think, well, the first six months of this year, there was 360 generative AI companies received some form of investment in the US alone um, in the hundreds of millions. So it's obviously got huge attention at the moment. But the one thing consumers like ourselves are looking at, and probably investors equally, is is what is their differentiating factor at the moment? You know, what is, is it the branding? Is it the marketing? Is it their go-to-market strategy? In your experience and understanding, what factors do you think determine a the success of a company and a product, but equally how they ultimately will stand out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think uh, the the there is a variety of companies in this. There are the pure. If you look at the the value stack, if it will, mm -hmm. the ones at the closest to the business, whether it's serving enterprises or consumers, it is being able to AI to drive a step change in business value, right? Whether it's completely new. Are completely different. Uh, the reason why it's um, uh, uh, it, it is important is when when value is only an incremental change and using AI, it becomes very hard to measure. So it has to be something which is uh, you know at a higher level value change. And the second thing is uh, the other factor is it's your customer doesn't care about how clever you clever your algorithm is. It cares about the business value. So if you um, uh, you know. Think too much only about AI and forget the other things that you can use together so that you can, you know, you can be innovative in a combinatorial fashion. Mm. That is very important. How can you make use of other things where the you know, some business and society is moving towards? Are we becoming more social? Are there more computers in people's life? Are we using more sensors? Is there other technology that's going to help? So you want to, like the end result of what you're trying to create is the business value. And AI is just, you know, a set of tools and technologies to help mm. you with that, right? So that's a key, key factor, especially technology entrepreneurs, when they look at it, they should pay attention to that. Um, and the second thing is, um, as, an, as a, like, you know, as a, a technology company or an entrepreneur who's building an AI-based product, 
you are not selling to an enterprise or a business. You are selling to people in an enterprise. Mm. So the needs of, um, uh, like, you know, say we pick an example of a bank and uh, the need of somebody who is, like, you know, giving loans, they may say, you know, how can I use AI to, like, you know, ensure that I give the right loans that, like, you know, that are safe and where I make the most money. The person that drives that business, who's got the PL profit and loss responsibilities, their motivation is very different from somebody who is the compliance officer, who might see that, like, you know, when we use AI, are we, like, you know, not running afoul of all the laws that ensure, like, you know, our, uh, you know, how we manage these loans is, like, you know, it's fair uh, and mm-hmm. there's no bias. But it's very different from the motivations of an IT director or a CIO who might say, what, I have this new technology. I'm not getting any additional budget. How am I going to manage this? I'm going to train my people. Yeah. So you are selling to a variety of people. Understand, having a clear idea of understanding what are the motivations and what is the role in terms of buying and adopting this product is crucial. And it's often yeah. missed. So that's the other thing that I would recommend. And the last one is think about in terms of not just your solution, but think how people are using it, like the, the larger context, other technologies, tools, training, et cetera, and trying to uh, and offer it in the larger context that becomes crucial. I think a lot of what you're saying there as well, I think it's some really valuable insight. It's, it's a lot of like about the education piece here, isn't it? Because obviously an education on all fronts, both to A, the people you're promoting this product to, but equally educating people internally what is the benefit you know people externally educating everyone and there seems to be i think how quickly things have happened yes uh, machine learning and ai in some degree has been around for a number of years it's nothing new but i think the acceleration in in light of ChatGPT has made everyone aware of it and i think a lot of what we're trying to do now is playing catch up and almost saying actually the education piece is key, and then that opens up the the governance and the you know the associated risks of AI, which is going to be a whole different thing. I know, you know, I don't necessarily know how much Garner involved in or previously you were, but from a governance and and from a risk side of things, how important is that piece now? Do you think over the next six, 12, 18 months for companies to really nail down a strict AI governance practice? Um, it's uh, in some elements, some some areas of AI becomes more important than others, really? especially like you know, in terms of you know using generative AI for it to be able to do things that are directly what you communicate about your brand and reaching your customers and using that and uh, um, using AI to do things that humans used to do and communicate, but without having any checks and balance. It's mm. really critical. And depending on the nature of usage, right, it is like, you know, it can impact people's lives. So of course, it's, it's, it's critical. Um, so what, uh, what I know when I, when I talk to, you know, enterprises now, um, I see them maturing over time in terms of thinking about it, applying. There are a set of issues with that, right? One is risk, bias, and also there are IP issues that uh, you need right. to keep, uh, keep track of. You know, are you using somebody else's IP? Are you losing your IP? Um, at the same time, and uh, you know, the uh, the vendors, the technology vendors, are becoming more cognizant of this. Right? It's a uh, they do want to ensure that their enterprises do adopt these products. So yeah. they are kind of helping with like you know more tools, better segregation of data, better security standards. Uh, you would have seen the recent OpenAI announcement 
Similarly, there's like, you know, enterprise, enterprise vendors are offering that more. So regulatory uh, compliance and offering governance is important, uh, clearly. At the same time, you had to be careful that in the name of governance, we do not curtail innovation too drastically. Yeah. I have seen this often because companies do not have an answer. It is so much easier for them to say no. Um, yeah. And it's uh, and then that what had that inevitably turns into is also, okay, well, if you're saying no, but you're going to you know, come up with like in a ways where you use AI, then they pick a smaller set of people who can go and work on it. That becomes an ivory tower. Yeah. So, so I have yeah. seen often that um, the people who are actually deciding on what companies should do about AI are not necessarily the people using AI every day on multiple things. Just because you are senior in the organization does not make you the right person to think about how people use AI, right? So, um, so what I mean by that is, so as companies think about like you know their own policies uh, about it, it is also important to balance ways for people to show their innovation, especially with generative AI. How are you using it in your work? How mm. are you using it to uh, like you know as a lever to become you know big multiple, like, you know, 5x, 10x productivity change in some area of work and learn from your people and find a way to channel it rather than just only saying no. I emphasize that because I do see this all the time with large enterprises. I think the innovation piece is really interesting because I think I spoke to someone a couple of weeks back uh, on on the podcast who said the train has left the station. It's, It's too too late now to kind of try and curtail the the rate at it's been the rate at ai is being adopted but equally the way it's developing but on your point if they bring in those structured kind of uh, strict kind of rules and governance frameworks and the concerns for a lot of these organizations they're almost going to curtail that development because they in your opinion will be almost too scared to make a mistake or do something wrong with ai so yeah i think that's uh, and how, do, how 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 will companies get that right then because there's so many spin-offs generative AI uh, across companies. They're using it for different reasons. But how is does that come internally having that uh, like a dedicated, like you do now, like a data governance function and a, a, a data risk function? Do, would you, do you see having a silo team focusing on AI governance then? Um, because there are some specific some nuances about it, having a specific team to help with AI governance would help like with people well, from risk and compliance, security, trying to do that. Um, but it should be balanced with people who are yeah. actually being able to innovate as well. Because the the governance police, um, it yeah. is the, 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 it's inevitably the job becomes to protect the organization from problems against current business yeah. and current like that. That's what inevitably they do not protect the organizations against disruption and competition. No. Never, never not, right? Um, And that's a worry. So as you can see, one of the things I see is it's, um, when you go back, like we are talking about the internet, lots of companies benefited from the internet. Companies and regulated industries still survive. Uh, Lots of them are still doing well. But the, the, the biggest spoils of the internet, the most value created, the most money was done by, by, done by companies that are completely new. It's not yeah. that Walmart did not invest in the internet early. You know, people like in you know, a Walmart target, like you know, in retailers, for example, in the US, uh, I'm sure the same thing in UK, 
Yeah. Many of them did invest in the internet and they built internet website and little things based on today's model, today's assumptions of stuff. But companies like Amazon came that went against the likes of Walmart to build a completely something new, mm. not just because they could have the entire e-commerce thing done based on a bookstore on a 28.8 modem, which is what they built initially. Mm. But they saw the power of the internet in the long run to transform what retail could be. So they started with books. They knew, like, you know, things would get better. They knew it won't be 28.8 modem only internet speeds. But then they placed, they learned, they grew, they experimented. And now they're one of the largest companies. My worry yeah. is, like, you know, unless enterprises look at this AI as seriously as now, and think about what are the fundamental changes that are going to occur to the customer value proposition, business model, and the operating model, you might get incremental benefit, but not as much. Yeah, I think it goes back to your point you raised earlier about the, the new, say, Facebook of AI may not even have been conceived yet. And I think yeah. the acceleration and the pace at which that company A could grow and B, gather customers, um, is going to be, I think, far quicker than maybe Facebook in 20, 2004 to now. I think the acceleration of that growth, I think, courtesy of AI is, is probably going to be quicker. It's going to be, uh, yeah, I think it's a fascinating space to be in. I think, obviously, for all the work you're doing, uh, both currently and previously, where where do you see the direction of this heading? And and obviously, that you can't get away from the the people out there, the, the doom and glue mongers out there who think the world's going to end and we're all going to be replaced by robots. But from an impact standpoint and where AI is heading, what do you think is going to happen? Um, so the, I think the, a few things from an impact. In the short run, what we would see is, you know, I think this innovation will, will, will flourish. There will be lots of like a new entrance. I think in the next year or so, Every technology company is going to apply AI in some fashion. Some mm. will be thinking in terms of like, you know, hey, I'm applying increasingly like a value proposition to the customer. How can I improve new features? The second important element as well is how can I use AI to become better at what I do and do more? Um, can I use generative AI code generation? You know, you have a bunch of tools now from, you know, GitHub, Copilot, mm. like, you know, uh, Hugging Face Start, Twitter, and many others. How can I use that to get a significant jump in productivity? Because software is the underlying engine of this new economy. Anything yep. that boosts software productivity is going to be big. So you'll see companies looking at it at that level as well. And third, there would be a set of companies who are not in AI saying, how can I add AI to alter my value proposition? You're going to see all of that. And we, so that's, you, you would see that in the short run, um, we'd also see the you know, Gen AI and AI merge. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily the tech underlying technologies. It is how people apply it as well as vendors and their marketing, mixing it together. So it's all going to become uh, AI, making it very confusing for enterprises. Uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, all okay. of you. Um, and I think in terms of actual solution, you would see like, you know, AI based solutions incrementally adding value at the user interface level, little bit of what you're doing. We will know some of them. We won't know all of them. Uh, it will be offering a little bit of improvements. For example, today we are all using AI. When you open up your Facebook feed, what you're being offered, there is an element of AI being used. You would have never noticed a difference when Facebook shifted from non-AI to AI or to AI to another one. Very hard to say. 
like that, uh, we would start to see more and more, you know, in part of all our products and services uh, over time. Those yeah. are all the primary effects of AI. The secondary effects of, you know, what is created because of AI will take some years to come. For example, if you think of um, a smartphone, iPhone is a primary innovation. Something like uh, uh, a Uber uh, that was able to use GPS and location and all of that to come up with the ride sharing economy. That's a secondary effect that was not predicted initially. So yeah. we will have other new uh, other new solutions and markets being formed over time. I think we are a really exciting point, and I know we we can't get away from potentially some displacement of of humans and people, but I think there's going to be a pivot to new technologies, new disciplines, new opportunity will come as a result of this. And I know a lot of people listening here are from the technical community, but equally looking to break into this space. And I think they should take some confidence that. I think this space will just continue to grow at a, a, a far quicker rate than what we saw that kind of classic uh, kind of data and BI space 10 or so years ago. So and I think what you said is really interesting there. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I want to thank you for your time. I think there's a huge amount of insight. You know, obviously someone who's got that much experience and current insights can be really valuable to people listening. But how can people reach you? I know we will tag your details into the uh, the comments when we release uh, this episode, but ultimately, how can people find you and reach out to you? Um, I thank you for thank you for offering me the time to be here. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, LinkedIn is a very good place to reach me. Yeah. I post regularly on uh, you know uh, things about what people can do to apply AI in business on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is a great place. Would love to hear from anyone. Um, and if you can follow me, subscribe to my newsletter on LinkedIn or message me as well. And for my startup, you know, we are in customer discovery. We're talking to a lot of people. If people are interested in being part of this research group that we, are, you know, we have a small window, we are enrolling people. You're welcome to. Just reach me on LinkedIn. Would love to hear from all of you. Thank you for having me. No, thanks, Rajesh. Appreciate it. Have a good morning. Take care.